Oh, don't worry. My son is a screwdriver. It converts into rather a good mind detector. Welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, and a Podcast. We're talking classic Doctor Who today, and we're going deep, deep down into the oceans to see the sea devils. I am Ken. Jeff. Annie. <laughs> down to the sea. Uh, this story should stay down there. Hey. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, um, before we get going on that, Doctor Who news. Um, there has been a rumor going around. Um, or not a rumor. There's been a weird thing that happened. Um, I guess, what was it on Apple TV? Apple TV suddenly started listing several episodes that are missing. And um, a couple of our people have noticed it. Some people noticed it online. I've seen a screen capture of it. It doesn't have the episode. It just has the synop. Not I don't even know if it's the synopsis. It just has a spot for it. This has happened before. Um, I think BBC listed some episodes that, you know, in their listing for some reason there was some. And people were saying that they were spots to make room for the episodes because they had found them. And that's what people are saying that this could have been a mistake. Um, but it was Apple TV, and I don't think they're there anymore. Or, or Maybe they I didn't. Removed. I didn't see them on BritBox, and I didn't look at Apple TV. Was it? Yeah, Brit I, checked Brit, Apple? I checked BritBox. I checked BritBox too. I didn't Brit, see them there. Okay. Apple TV had listed eight missing Doctor episodes available for viewing on BritBox. Okay, so maybe it was something through Apple TV to see BritBox, but either way, we're not seeing them listed on BritBox anymore. But they were MythMakers two and four, Smugglers two and four, Highlanders two. And Space Pirates 4, 5, and 6. Now, if they were going to release these things um, in the individual episodes, people would view them, but there wouldn't be... Why would, why would they do it without first doing the animations of them and releasing them as complete, complete quote-unquote, stories? So that's one of the reasons why I think it's weird that they would just release these things individually. Now, when Enemy of the World and Web of Fear came out years ago, they... Well, didn't it, animations get canceled? They're no longer doing animations? Maybe. I thought there was a... I thought I heard that they're back on again. Oh, I didn't hear that. That'd be good um, news if it's true. Well, um, well my point is... So that does that mean they're now just going to release all the rest of the episodes without animations and just do like well on the part? season two Cardinal <laughs> box set, which is released in the United States this month. Um, is it this month? No, it's already been out. It's already out. The Pertwee one comes out this month. The one that has Sea Devils in it. The they did the Crusade and they just put the two episodes on there and then they did like Telesnaps. Which sucks. I hate tell snaps because here's a picture with a whole bunch of sound, and you have to try to figure out what's going on with a picture with a whole bunch of dialogue going on. Well, it's better than nothing. It's like an audio adventure, kind of. Yeah, I guess. Well, they, yes. can they can certainly do that. They don't have to do animations, but then 
if they're going to do the um, telesteps, then why wouldn't? Well, anyways, this is just a weird thing that happened, and it's people have, you know, and of course it's the anniversary, so everyone's like, oh, they're going to hold off and wait to show all these in the anniversary, and the idea that they would find some episodes and then potentially hold on to them for several years and wait for an anniversary is ludicrous, but people online still think it's... Considering they can make a uh, profit up. Well, I don't want to get into the whole discussion of missing episodes because, you know, that's a kind of a hot topic. It, at least for me, I get really heated because it's like... <clears throat> but I have a hard time believing this at all. Well, yeah. I, I don't either. I, I think, but it's just weird how, why would those be the ones? If, if suddenly BritBox suddenly listed every missing episode on their thing, then that means they're just, you know, whatever. But why is it Mythmakers 2 and 4? And why is it Smugglers 2 and 4? It seems odd to me that it's those particular episodes. Only thing I'm thinking of is that some private collector died. And either the wife or the kids said, hey, do you, to the BBC, here, here you go. And that's what the guy just happened to find in the dumpster like Ian Levine and took for himself. Anyways, um, usually when they find missing episodes, they usually make an announcement. And it's it's difficult to, you know, the rumors come out. And just like last time, there were rumors that came out before the episodes were released. So it doesn't, it, it definitely could happen that we find out before they announce, make the official announcement. But it's just weird that BritBox would accidentally have that listed. Maybe I, someone I have a, hacked it or I don't know. I mean, I have a hard thing to believe that BritBox would even have that stuff on it because it takes them forever to put the animated episodes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, there's and the only missing episode that they have on there, which is a telesnap, is the will in space. Yeah, and, and again, if it was a hoax, and that's what people are saying it might be, if it's a hoax, someone's going to put um, Marco Polo episodes one through seven or whatever. They're not going to put Smugglers two and four, or they're going to put uh, Dalek Master Plan or Power of the Daleks or Evil of the Daleks. Yeah. So they're definitely not going to put space pirates. <laughs> I, I mean, frankly, if these episodes are returned and they do some sort of either telesnap or they, you know, the anim, you know, the anime, give me it. We could talk all day about it, the animation. It's the animation double- is probably going to come back now that they got funding from Disney. Yeah, maybe. But- Disney's been losing money though. Disney's been cutting back. They've re- removed some things from their streaming service. So, yeah. Well, Disney's not in the best of shape either, but they're also very greedy. So they're not hurting per se. They're just not making as much profit. So, but they take it as hurting and are cutting back. The The whole thing with Disney is, and this goes back to maybe there's something, the licensing is not switched over to Disney yet, but there has been nothing on Disney Plus about Doctor Who yet. And we're only a few months away from that happening. Mm-hmm. So they're not making any effort to bring the, the the new series at minimum in to get people. So they're not going to do that. The first episode that's going to appear is going to be that first David Tennant special. And that's it. 
and people who are like, oh, what's this? They're not going to be able to watch it from that point. Maybe they will. I don't know. And how it's written. Yeah. And and I just, it's confusing. And um, so anyways, take that what it, what it is. It's just, you know, those particular episodes are kind of, it's good that they, if they found them, that's good that they found the, those the, episodes. Space Pirates would be almost complete because that would be, they would just be missing two episodes. They have an episode, right? Yeah. They have one already. So they would just be missing what, two? Um, one in three, I think. I think they, Space Pirates 2 is what they have. I'm not sure. I think it's um, two, yeah, it's definitely not one. And, and Highlanders is... Um, a fourth parter. And yeah, there's only... There's, well, that's, I find it funny that the mirror hasn't even said anything about it, and they usually say all the rumors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think I agree with you guys. I don't think it's there's much to this, but it's just kind of weird. Um, it's a weird anomaly. But moving on to things that we've been doing recently, I know we um, have been, you know, doing some stuff here. I, I want to mention that the movie The Flash is actually halfway decent it's not as bad as everyone is saying it flopped Ooh, I, it's, I hope to see it tomorrow oh okay it is um i don't know why people are not to go not going to see it it's not word of mouth that people are not seeing it because they it probably is getting, don't like they probably don't like ezra miller because he's a yeah he's wait, really wait. creepy everything i haven't heard anything good about him yeah maybe um but it's a halfway decent film. Um, people are saying the special effects are bad. They're really not. Um, I mean, there's there's been bad effects in DC and Marvel uh, of lately, but this one was okay. And it's a little nostalgic and everything. It, it's it's pretty good. So um, I'm not sure why all the hate is there, but anyways. I think it has to do with Ezra Miller and the fact that DC deleted that whole universe and they're going with James Gunn to reboot it. And they all just said, well, this doesn't mean anything. There's no point to going seeing it. Well, I think, I think people are usually pretty fickle. Um, most people probably don't even know what's going on with Ezra Miller and will go see it anyways, even if that's the case. Um, the, the, the movie, it's just like the Joss Whedon stuff. Joss Whedon is, has been a jerk toward people and everyone, if, if they say, okay, well, I'm not going to watch any more Joss Whedon products. Well, now you're banning everyone that's, that worked on that show. And the same thing with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller was just an actor in this show, certainly the prime actor. And if you're going to say, I'm not going to go see it because he's a jerk, well, fine. Now, now you're punishing the DC universe and... Um, it hurts the possibility of other movies coming out from that a little bit, not much because Batman, the Batman did so well. Uh, and the, you're right. They're rebooting the franchise, the DC, but it's been rebooted multiple times. There's the Batman, which is separate from all the rest of them. The Joker separate from them. Um, we still have an Aquaman movie coming out with, you know, another person that's been, Maligned recently of Amber Heard. I don't know how much she's in the movie. So there's a lot of stuff going on with DC, but there also could be superhero fatigue because the Marvel films haven't been doing that well either. Mm -hmm. So, except for Spider Man, but 
but anyways, that's uh, my take on the Flash. Anything else that you guys have been, are we all um, tapped out on what we've been watching and doing? Well, I watched the Lord of the Ring trilogy. Okay. The extended editions. <laughs> that must have taken a while. A couple of days. I didn't watch them all at once. Mm-hmm. I spaced them out. But yeah, those are pretty good. Okay. Because there's a rumor that they're going to remake these movies. I'm like, seriously? No. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. We talked a little bit Too about soon. one of our previous podcasts about remakes. How there's so many remakes and everything. And it gets ridiculous when you keep remaking movies that are not that old. But I know Lord, when you think about it, Lord of the Rings is not that old. But it is old. I mean, you it's think like about 20, it. It's been 20 years. since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Hollywood is in trouble right now, and the idea that they're going to come out with something... Well, look at the series. There's a Lord, First off, has anyone watched the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon? No. No. I haven't. Why not? I have no interest in it because it's not based on the books. Okay. But if, there's a, if they made in that capacity... First off, that's, I don't think that show was doing that well. So again, why would they be making remakes of Lord of the Rings? It's kind of like... I think they would make it, remake it, and they're going to add, because of what's going on now, they would add a more diverse cast. Because when you take a look at Lord of the Rings, there's one female character in the first movie, right? First couple, well, you know, they added a second yeah. female character. Uh, and everyone is white. Now in the series, they, they added some more diversity. And that's what the movie would be. It would be a movie that they would add a bunch of diversity in. And probably race or um, um, gender swap a few characters to add more female characters to get to it. And That's my guess if that happens. That would start another whole pissing match again. Yeah. Well, but but that's. That's the only reason to do... Well, that, that's not the only reason to do a remake. That's one reason. Another reason is, well, it, everyone likes it, so let's just do it. And then everyone will go see it again. It's like, no, that's not happening. Well, no, mm-hmm. because they're, just for that fact, a lot of people aren't going to see those last couple Disney movies that they've been doing. Yeah. I mean, not many people went to see Little Mermaid. Well, I don't think... Has it, anyone watched... Like those re- uh, live action remakes of all those animated movies? Because I no, I mean, no, I've never seen The Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast or the originals. No, I never saw them. I saw Beauty and the Beast. I didn't see The Little Mermaid. I saw, I saw my niece and nephew Beast. being the play version of The Little Mermaid. So I know the I story. I saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway because I was dragged to it, and I saw The Lion King on Broadway because I was dragged to it. Well, Broadway's a totally different experience for The Lion King. Yeah, it is because they have all the puppets. Yeah, all the animals. That was kind of actually neat. But I never saw the Lion King movie, or the, all the the when like that golden era of the okay. new animation with Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, okay, Lion King. Well, then maybe you're the audience for the live action because you don't have any, you know. Yeah, obviously, but I didn't. The, but I didn't go see it because I had no interest in the cartoon. So why would I have any interest? Oh, and, and the Peter Pan one, I had no interest in that either. I forgot about I mean, the Peter Pan one. Have you yeah, ever had, seen? You never saw the original Peter Pan. I, I saw did, the original Peter Pan. I have like no interest in seeing a live action Peter Pan because it's been done a hundred times before. Okay. So, um, a- anyways, the remakes are kind of ridiculous, uh, and I, I think they're 
I haven't seen any. I just I've watched all the originals. I'm not a, necessarily a big Disney fan per se, but you know, I couldn't even tell you what the last Disney cartoon was because it probably didn't do that well because there was no hubbub about it. There's that Elements one that's out now. Is that a Disney movie? I thought it was. I don't know. Isn't it Pixar? Yeah, I don't know. And I don't usually geared towards those because those are mainly geared towards kids. I'll go see Toy Story, but that's about it. Well, ironically, my wife and I, when we were dating before we got married and after we got married, we watched a lot of animated films together. Wally, uh, Tarzan, you know, Disney films, Pixar films. We watched all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say what you say, if they're all for kids, they were they were enjoyable. Some of them weren't as good, but some of them were really, really good. And so Wally, especially, you know, was really good and up. And, and so all those films are excellent. Oh, I saw up. Yeah, but they're not made for kids necessarily. They're for families. And ever since Melanie was around, she hasn't been a big fan of some of those movies. We watched a couple, but not many. So we've actually slowed down our animated movie watch because, like Elementals, Melanie put her foot down and said, "Nope, I'm not going to watch that." So um, we didn't. But um, but anyways, we don't have to take her. She's old enough to stay home. Okay, anything else we want to talk about, or do we want to get into the episode? <laughs> Let's get into the episode. No, I want to mention that I was, yeah. was reading the four girl genius novels. Yep. And I, I mentioned in previous podcasts I was doing that, and I gave the wrong date for the start of the webcomic. Launch date for the Secret Blueprints was January 2001, and it was published on the web starting in February 2005. And it's a gas lamp fantasy to distinguish it from Steampunk. Oh, okay. So, correction there. Wonderful. Okay. And gas lamp is what like a like an earlier technology and stuff. Well, it's like a subgenre of steampunk. I mean, hmm. there's okay. sent romanticized locations. There's some fantasy to it, but not much. Um, but there's still a lot of steampunk to it. I mean, everybody's they pe- people become sparks which are like super geniuses who can build all these incredible monsters and machines and everything. Everybody travels by blimp. So, hmm. but it's a, it's a very good web comic series. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we can talk about the story. <laughs> so the sea devils, um, this is a John Pertwee episode and it's pretty basic in its story. It's Six kind parts. of, Six it doesn't hurt. It does actually. It I respectfully disagree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think of the uh, of the six episodes that have been on Doctor Who, and some of them, a lot of them do drag. This one doesn't drag as much for in me, from from in my opinion. There's enough going on for this. There's not a lot of like repeating, like capture and escape, a capture and escape. This, I think this this is one of the better six part stories. Um, I, I think, agree with that. It, it yeah. really did not drag as much as some of the other ones have. There was a lot of action to keep things moving. Yeah, I love the first off. I love this episode a lot. Now I think I even liked it. Well, you actually like something more than than <laughs> I remembered it. Um, first off, 
there's so much to talk about with this, but um, there's not much of it that I don't like, so I can't really go on and on. <coughs> Excuse me. But I will say, um, I think it's a really good master story. I think it's, you know, no units not in this, but they have the Royal Navy and they were supposed to be, though. Okay. But the Royal Navy is better. We got to see the actual ships yeah, and everything. This Nick to me, this courting. really added a this really added a great element to the story. Seeing the actual naval naval ships, we saw crap we wouldn't normally see. Yeah. Um, yep. So go ahead. A they lot were supposed of supposed to be, but Nicholas Courtney wasn't available. Okay, that's why they changed it. Yep. So um, I think the stock footage that they use with all the ships and boats certainly helps. It makes it more realistic. And it's not like it doesn't look like it's like and it, like they got stock footage from. It looks like it fits in with the story. Um, I don't know, and and they were able to use like you say some of the vehicles, and they had the real Royal Navy out there using the hover vehicles and stuff like that. So all of that stuff really adds a level of realism to it, and all the filming. The uh, on-location filming, there's a ton of that in this. And mm -hmm. just the scope of it, it's not in someone's backyard with explosions going off. It's on a beach with <clears throat> barbed wire and mines and everything. It's just pretty spectacular. And as I'm watching it, I was very impressed with it. The sea devils are well-designed for the most part. You know, when they get a close-up, it's kind of like, okay. This you know. was the best version of the sea devils. <laughs> Wow. The other, the other two appearances. Yeah, that's not. The, I mean, much. I mean the uh, samurai so, warrior, and then the whatever they did with when she was with uh, Jodie Whittaker, whatever that that was. This was far yeah. better. They yeah. were more. Th they were more threatening this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, those are bad stories that, that these were in. Um, I thought the sea devils were pretty impressive. They're not impervious. They're just like you shoot them and they they die. So that was a little bit different than most monsters, which you shoot a hundred times and they just keep walking at you. But um, just a lot. Of, I thought it looked fantastic in terms of, and I love when they film. That you know, that's why I like yeah. space a lot because if it's all on film, looks better. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of that. And of course, the master, he's fantastic. You know, Roger Delgado is fantastic in this. I love the, um, there's a lot I just love about this episode. I love the interplay between the master and the doctor in this. Yeah. You know, this is like first establishing the master and everything. But just you can tell that the two actors like each other. You can tell that they had the, the two characters have this grudging respect for each other. Yeah. It's just really good interplay between the two. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I, Joe Joe does pretty well in this. She has a couple of good scenes where she's kind of taking care of things. So it's not like she's just a wasted character or anything. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes she's just kind of running around a little bit. But there's, you know, I, I think the writing of this is just so much better than a lot of the Third Doctor. Not that they're bad, but of course there is a lot of really good stories in the Third Doctor series. But Malcolm Hulk did this one. Um and it just it moved so well for a six-parter and um yeah 
um, let me get into my notes here a little bit first. <laughs> the music know, like, is. Go ahead. Well, some of the music was kind of eh, kind of hokey. I am. Um, I kind of like the theme, the music. It's so kind of different. And it's I like not, the mm -hmm. Sea Devil theme, but there was a couple of chase where they were being chased or running, yeah. and the music was kind of dorky. I like it overall. I, I like that they're trying to do something different with the music. Yeah. Not the same old, same old that we get through a lot of episodes. Yeah, I remember when we when when I first first getting into Doctor Who, one of the first things I got was like a, a like a soundtrack that had this music on it. And I love this music and I had I listened to it even before watching the episode. So it was um kind of neat to 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 listen to this, you know, when I finally saw the episode. Uh, yeah, it does. The music does go overboard sometimes, and it's it goes. It kind of like okay, the guy who's doing the music, that's enough. We got enough. You don't have to keep going. It's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. but um, but I think that adds to the atmosphere of it. Um, I love the scene where the they look out the window and there's a sea devil looking in on them. That's the same sort of thing that <laughs> yes. I like. About. I like the sword fight. I yeah, like the overall physicality of the Doctor in this episode. I know that was one of the characteristics that John Pertwee really wanted for his version of the Doctor. And I think they're really highlighted in this episode. We've got the sword fight. We've got Aikido. We've got swimming. We've got the rappelling off the, the cliff. Um, we've got the rescue suits that he gets into. Yeah. It, it was a miracle that Joe didn't burn her hands rappelling off the cliff with not, no gloves on. <laughs> well, um disbelief <laughs> yeah I, I i i think the setting and the fact that they were able to immerse themselves into all like you just mentioned just about like even the those rescue suits were pretty cool because you're, you're never gonna there's not a many episodes you can mention that they would do stuff like that you know you would just have mm -hmm. them come up from the water and they would be in their suits their their regular costumes and it's like but they just, you know, they immersed themselves, and the Royal Navy let them do whatever, you know, all this stuff. They went into a bathysphere, and yeah, obviously not underwater, but um, mm -hmm. at least not, you know, but but the one that they were lifting up. Um, I thought some great cliffhangers, like the Doctor's not in the bathysphere and stuff like that. Um, the first cliffhanger where they're coming out of the, the sea devils are coming out of the water again. One of the sea devils, at least one of them, their heads almost completely sideways, and it's like, okay, the the helmet, the mask is falling <laughs> yes. off. But, but I mean, that adds to the appeal to it a little bit. Um, I, my, my, I, I like how the 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 prison that's keeping the master, the, all the people have been trained to um, not be hypnotized. Of, yeah, and mm -hmm. um, um, that was pretty cool. I did want to mention the uniforms for the guards. That's one thing that bothered me. They were way too elaborate for and such a small prison. Yeah. Why would they be wearing capes? Um, I mean, for like a dress uniform, I could see it. But it's for like everyday guarding of a prisoner. I would think that wouldn't be really functional. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't know where they came up with that idea. But... Um, I like the doctor's quips in this, um, where he would say something and they would, you know, people would tell him to shut up or something and he would go, thank you very much. You know, he would just kind of say those things. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very polite, even though people were trying to kill him and stuff like that. Um, 
Um, yeah, I, I just. Um, we do see and I know Doctor Who has tons of errors and mistakes. There's a scene on the um, beach when I think Joe and the doctor get through the barbed wire. There's a, a, a very obvious boom microphone that pops up and I think we've seen a lot of boom microphone shadows, but very rarely do we actually see a boom microphone. So I thought that was kind of an anomaly, even though certainly in the olden days you would see cameras even. <laughs> you saw full cameras <laughs> on screen, but this that was a little bit um, different, especially when, it, when it's done on film. But of course, if they only took one take and it's there, they have no choice but to keep it there, so. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in this that I, I think if an episode's really good, you start to pick up on things and go, oh, wow, there's like a lot of little things like Joe's eating her food and the doctor picks it up and starts eating it and Joe doesn't have any food. Yes, and, I noticed that. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Like she's he's scolding Joe or something for eating and then he's just eating the food himself. Yeah. yeah there's mm-hmm. a lot of attention to detail. and Almost like it's... Like it seems like a lot of it's just kind of like you mentioned, Roger Roger DeGaldo and John Pertwee. It's almost like they just put them in the room together and they sort of work off of each other. And mm-hmm. uh, you know how much of it is improvised or whatever. You know. So I like that they had a scene with an officer who actually does the right thing and called the check to make sure that somebody was really allowed to be on to be there. Because yeah. normally you just got to get a pushover, like oh yeah, sure, come on in. Here's somebody yeah. actually did the right thing. We don't usually see that. We don't usually see competent people, competent guards and such on screen. Yeah. Didn't I like think, that. Oh, okay. Didn't you think that this kind of mirrored the Silurians a bit? I mean, it seemed like it was almost the same type of story, yep. except instead of the, the, yep. the uh, yeah, plague, I mean, they, they had they, the, uh, yeah, oh. they, they, Yes, they may even made reference to it. This is sort of a kind of a sequel to it a little bit. And mm-hmm. he even mentions it. And of course, obviously, later on, they, they team up the Sea Devils and the Silurians team up. But yeah, there is a little a, a, a similar type of thing. And any monsters that live in on Earth to begin with, which is Silurians, another one, that, that's definitely... A theme like oh here they are they're coming out of their their hibernation and they want to take over the world again so yeah it's almost kind of the same plot and um to a degree i think it's a lot better than silurians the silurians if you first silurians, off, seven episodes i think it was boring too and that's the one that's back and forth back and forth and that one dragged mm-hmm. and wasn't as visually stunning or i thought the vision because no, it was just, in a it was in a cave yeah. most of the time so this is kind of like almost like a remake of it and it's i think it's a really good remake but yeah you're right it, it's not super original but the setting is makes it unique i think there's a lot of the master in this and i like how um the master is so powerful with his hip, hypnosis but in later years or later seasons he seem it doesn't seem to work as well, and this is one example where he's like, the guy goes, no, "I got to make a phone call." He ends up, uh, you know, chopping him in the head to knock him out or whatever. But I, I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of funny because it's kind of like something that doesn't work as well 
you know, initially it works really well on the, you know, he's controlling people for whole episodes. And then later on, it just doesn't seem to work as well. But. And then hmm. um, there's that guy that comes in toward the last two episodes and is like, I'm taking over. And he starts, we're going to use nukes on these guys. Yeah, he just, like it's his oh, first from the ministry. Yeah. yeah. He says, we're just going to nuke them. And I was like, you're just going to nuke them. I like, you're going to make that whole area, you know, unlivable for years. Yep, that's the solution. We're just going to nuke them. Well, that's your typical military guy that's just going to be unreasonable and want, just like, you know, when they were talking about blowing up the Silurians and they, the difference was it was the Brigadier that ended up ordering the, the Silurians to get blown up. And so that added a, a level of tension because the doctor knows the brigadier when whereas this it's an outside guy that comes in out of nowhere and says, let's just do this and it's kind of like that's a little overkill you think but well it's supposed to be it's your typical outsider coming in with the arrogant ideas he's an arrogant politician he knows nothing about what's going on so of yep. course he goes to the most extreme solution without thinking of any consequences yeah and um so certainly that adds a level of uh intensity to it um the the battle on the beach at the end with the sea devils it's pretty you know it just looks visually great mm -hmm. um i love their guns now the sea devil guns this is not the first time we're going to talk about guns during this today of our recording of other episodes um their guns are pretty neat they're like it's circular yeah yeah and, and they they have some sort of spark that goes off and when you video record that or or film it when you video record it it creates like a smear of video and it looks like something's coming out of it and maybe because it sparks off it does and um i think i think it was effective because it, it looked functional and it seemed to do something it wasn't just it, and it was easy too because it had just the handle hook where they can hold in their hand or have it attached to their belt yeah mm -hmm. so and, and i like the, the the i like that whole look um the sea devils has always been one of my for in terms of monsters visually pretty cool looking um i don't think the sea devils in warriors from the deep are any better they're they're worse actually they don't i don't like the look of them as much um and I didn't like the sea devils in the warriors in the deep either. Compared to what the about, original, I thought they were. What original. about the sea devil and Blake Seven? Yeah. <laughs> Reused costume? No. Uh, let me see if I can find a picture of the sea devil. Well, I mean, I, I just now I'm looking at a picture that I don't didn't like the Silurian designs in Warriors in the Deep. The sea devil ones weren't too too bad. Um, what about, um, the more recent Sea Devil design from the newer, newer one? No, I didn't like the new ones. They look more, more, um, I guess their eyes move maybe. They just look more dorky, goofy or whatever, but. Well, I don't know, the design of the new ones didn't bother me that much. Yeah. Yeah, the design didn't bug me as much as the story. Well, the story was bad. Um, so, 
uh, they did the master um, the master escaping was was pretty cool um because you knew you you knew he does that quite a bit he tries to escape and he uses his masks and stuff like that so it was good to see that mm-hmm. um i i think the one of the negatives for this he he does use the reverse the polarity of the neutron flow in this which i think i did is, notice that i wrote that down <laughs> i think this is the only time that he ever used that really it might be i read well, i was just reading somewhere on this i'm on the wikipedia uh, fandom page or whatever. Reverse during the Pertwee. Th- this story saw the only use of the catchphrase "reverse the polarity of neutron flow" during the Pertwee era. The phrase oh. became associated with the third, third Doctor, so he used it again in the Five Doctors. Although between seasons seven and eleven, Pertwee did use a shorthand version of "reverse the polarity," which he did quite often. So, okay. But in terms of the whole thing. Uh, the polarity of the neutron flow. I'm surprised it wasn't even more often because I associate that phrase with this doctor. Yeah, so. I think Tom Baker used it, and um, he might have used the same one in the, the other another story that we're going to review later today. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, per, per, we didn't use it that often. Yeah, but you're right. It, it, it's one of those. That's one of those. What's that called? The Mandela effect, where you think, "Oh no, he used it all the time." It's like, "Oh, Mandela." Hmm. Um, I think one of the negatives to this story is the ease to take out the sea devils. The sea devils are like, we need some help. We'll have some of uh, the humans, humans, quote unquote, build us a device that'll help us. And of course, the doctor is going to sabotage it. And of course, um, it's going to end up blowing up the sea devils. And that's the end of it. And that was a little weak, you know. The Sea Devil plan was a little flawed, trying to rely on that. And so it was a little easy for them to get blown up, I think. So, Jeff, you, if you didn't like this one, uh, you say it was a little bit too long. You thought it dragged a little bit. What else? Too mu- too yeah. similar to Silurians, maybe? Yeah. It's yeah. like... Yeah, more or less. And How many seasons later was it? Just a couple? This is season eight, eight, and it was season uh, no, this is season nine. Yeah, this is season nine. And it was season seven, so it was only like two seasons ago. Yeah. Mm. And I mentioned this earlier, but I like the involvement of the Royal Navy, and I wonder if that's something the series would be able to get away with today, given all the secrecy about navies or well, military capabilities in general I don't think we would see the same kind of thing today no probably not Um, no I I doubt they would yeah plus just for a TV show I mean Doctor Who was a lot more popular back then it was a cultural institution back then it is kind of now but I think it was much had a bigger impact back then so I think it was both a coup for the Navy and for the show that they worked together. Now, did they use the Royal? Oh, okay. So they used the Royal Air Force for Mind of Evil. I'm just reading that right now. I've forgotten about that. That's when they oh. were blowing up the, the or the rocket. Remember, they had that big giant rocket and they were. Right. 
So they used the Royal Air Force. So I guess the Ministry of Defense was eager to, uh, I mean, again, that would probably not happen today, but certainly back then they were um, eager to take part in it, I guess. But um, Maybe they saw it like a recruitment tool. Yeah. Maybe, unless you're, unless the, they come off as being ridiculously bad, which I don't think they do. I think they do come off no. as being pretty good. Yeah. Um, it might have been a condition of that being, you know, the working together with them. Yeah. So. I, I don't know if um, unit would have made this any better um, because they <laughs> wouldn't have, if they didn't use the Royal Navy, they wouldn't have had, you know, what would they have been? They would have to have, we would have had probably a lot of stock footage and people standing on sets inside the studio that were the, the top of the submarine or whatever. I don't know. I, I think they, um, I think they added some validity to the story. Uh, let's see. Did I write anything else down? I know that soundtrack. This is, you said you had the, the record or whatever. It says the complete music score for the series released on Doctor Who at the BBC Radiophonic Workshop Volume 2. So you yeah. think you might be able to get on CD. Yeah, well, I, I had it on record. I have it on record still. I think that's what I ha first had was, the, was the, the LP of it. And I probably have since got it on CD or whatever. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it again. <laughs> I don't <laughs> listen to Doctor Who music anymore. Unless I'm watching a show, I used to listen to it a lot. Yeah, you know, I've been in my car driving around, see double music playing, and it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm past that now. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but it was cool at the time. Um, pretty good cast. I thought Captain Hart was good. He was Edwin Rich. Richfield. Um, he was Mestor in the Twin Dilemma. Oh, who was Edwin Richfield, who played Captain Hart in Sea Devils, was Mestor in the Twin hmm. Dilemma. I would not have known that. Well, yeah, because he was in that that uh, that makeup or that suit. Edwin, Edwin Richfield is also the only actor besides Patrick McNee to appear in all six seasons of the Avengers, playing different characters each time. Really? Hmm. Interesting facts. And everyone's favorite, Trenchard. Clive Morton, Trenchard. Trenchard. Yes. Uh... What year this boy he died right after this episode. Oh no, that's too bad. What year was this episode? Oh no, this was probably 72, 73. This is 72, it was broadcast okay. in 72 at so least. Yeah, he died 75, so it's a few years later. Oh, okay. Um, but still, who else was in this one? I'm just sort of skipping around here. I think if there's any other repeat actors. Obviously, Terry Walsh played uh, the Castle Guard. Um, yeah, I can't. When I do a 
so Jane June Murphy, who was the um, the female operative, the third officer there, whatever. She was Maggie Harris in Fury from the Deep. Oh, okay. Um, and she's still alive. Not that that was a huge surprise, but you know. But anyways, I just figured I'd put a couple of uh, neat little things. Anything else about this story? Do we want to um, wrap it nope. up? Or? Yeah. No, I think that's it. I guess the original title for this was going to be, or the working title was The Sea Silurians. Oh, that was something bad. Yeah. Sea Silurians by the seashore. Sea Silurians, yeah. Say that six times really fast. Okay, well, uh, you know, I think it was a, a fairly good one. And, um, you it's know. okay. I mean, just Ted. Yeah, I know. Um, I didn't think, most six-parters, I always say, it could have been better if it was four. But this one, I, I can't really say that for sure. Because I think it it flew by pretty fast and there's only a mm -hmm. few that do that. I think invasion of time is another one that I think is doesn't drag too much, but, but I think this was a good one anyways. Certainly better than any other sea devil story. But. Yes. Okay. Thanks for listening.